With interest rates getting higher and loans becoming harder to get, I'm seeing a lot of interest in owner financing. So we're going to talk about that on this episode of Real Estate Revenue. Hey everybody, welcome to Real Estate Revenue. I'm your host, Paul Arian. In this episode, we're going to talk about owner financing, otherwise known as seller financing. Uh, So what is owner financing? Well, sometimes properties get sold, and for one reason or another, the seller agrees to be your lender. The seller will create a note and take payments for part or all of the property purchase price. Now, these uh, these can be really good deals, and they can be really bad deals. It de- so it depends on the seller and what they're willing to do for you and what their motives are. So there is a uh, there's a good aspect to this, and there's a, a very dark aspect to this in some cases. So let's look at it for a minute. Uh, why would somebody want to do this? Why would an owner, why would a seller want to sell or finance their property to a buyer? Well, in some cases, these people might be retiring. Uh, some of these properties are their retirement. Uh, some of these properties have a, a business attached to it. So right now, there are 10,000 baby boomers retiring every day. Uh, 2.5 million businesses are for sale at the moment in the U.S., and 400,000 a year are coming on the market. So there are a lot of opportunities out there. And when someone retires and they own a property, they're earning income from it, They want to get rid of the responsibility of the property, but maybe they don't want to get rid of all the income. They might like to have that income as their retirement income or part of their retirement income. They can have it both ways. They can sell the property and still have the income. And they do that through seller financing or owner financing. So they create a note. When when they sell the property, a note is created, a promissory note. There's an interest rate, there's a term for the note, a a length, uh, years, probably uh, 10 years, 20 years, something like that. And both parties agree, of course, and they sign, and then the uh, ownership is transferred over with a deed to uh, to the buyer. So that's one reason that they would want to do this. Another reason might be when they sell this property, uh... When a seller sells a property, a lot of times there is a tax bill that's coming due when they sell it because they have a profit on the property. Sometimes it's fairly large, and they don't want to pay that. They want to. Uh, they don't want to pay it all up front. So when they do the financing deal, when they owner finance it for the buyer, the tax gets deferred over the number of years in the note. So instead of paying it all up front in one year, they may pay it out over 10 years. 
And uh, that can be a good thing for them. It could be a bad thing. If the tax rate goes up, they're going to pay whatever tax rate happens to be current at the time that they're paying it. So they're going to pay a deferred tax on this. They're going to spread it out over several years. Now, what are the property types? Now, there are three property types out there. You can do these deals on any kind of property, commercial, residential, any property type. You can do an owner financing deal. But some properties are more likely to have that option available to you than others. And I'm going to tell you about three of those properties and why in this episode. So property type number one is self-storage. Self-storage properties are a property that was commonly owned by a uh, uh, an individual or a couple that operated this business. There's a business there. It's not just a property. It's uh, it, There is a business going on on the property. And they operated this, and they're ready to retire. And like I said before, they don't want to give up the income, but they want to get rid of the responsibility. So they seller finance this or owner finance it to the buyer, and they keep getting part of the income. Now, storage properties are great properties. They have a very high success rate, somewhere around 95 to 98%. And actually, lenders love storage properties. It's pretty easy to get a loan on a storage property. You can get SBA guaranteed financing on storage properties because it's a business. It's not just real estate. It's a real estate with a business, and that real estate is the the most important part of this business. And so they will they will give a loan on it or they will guarantee financing on it and usually only require about a 10% down payment. It can be done at 10%. The question is, do you want to go through the process with the bank and the SBA or do you want to just do the, the owner financing with the seller? Now, of course, the owner financing with the seller is going to be a lot easier and um, a lot less work to go through, probably done a lot quicker. So if they're willing to do it, I would jump on that. If I if I could get a storage facility and uh, some owner financing with good terms, I would do that in a heartbeat. So the second property type is RV parks and mobile home parks. Now, RV parks and mobile home parks are good money makers, and they have a lot of value. They are also frequently ran by people uh, who operate that as their business. Sometimes they live on the property. Sometimes uh, it's just their their business. They've had all their lives, and they're ready to retire. And uh, same deal, owner financing is attractive to them because they can save the tax bill and they can still get income on the property. Another reason that owner financing is available a little more frequently in RV parks is that Sometimes it's hard to get a loan for an RV park. Sometimes the banks, a lot of lenders, just don't like RV parks. So if you have a lender that you deal with on a regular basis and you're kind of loyal to that lender and that's where you get money most of the time, it's easier to get it. And they don't happen to like RV parks. You're kind of stuck. So here's an example of that. Um, About three years ago, I brokered a deal on an RV park. 
was actually the second time I sold this RV park. And the buyer had plenty of money, but he didn't want to sink all of his cash into this property because uh, he also operated another business. He didn't want to put all his uh, his other business was very equipment intensive, and uh, he didn't want to put all his cash into this property. So he had a lender that didn't like RV parks. So he wouldn't loan enough for him to buy this RV park. Uh, he would only loan like 40 or 50% of the purchase price of this park, even though the park was making money and likely to continue making money for a long time. It was, uh, it was just really in a good location and a good, uh, a good situation, uh, with long-term, uh, extended stay customers. So the only way we could make this deal work was to do some owner financing. The seller agreed to it. Uh, he did a, a short-term uh, owner financing note on this property for for a portion of it, enough that his cash and that uh, owner financing was enough to satisfy the, the lender, the bank, and um, so he bought the property. So in some cases like that, that owner financing is necessary to get the deal done. I've done that myself on properties that I've bought. I bought one property. One uh, I happened to be buying two properties at the same time. And I had already put a lot of cash into the other property. And this one came up, and I didn't want to miss this one. And I asked the seller, hey, would you uh, owner finance the down payment for me on a short-term note? And they said yes. And... I got the property, paid it off, paid off that uh, owner financing within six months and uh, helped me get the deal done. That's two of the types of properties. Uh, The mobile home parks, mobile home parks are interesting. They're a little more stable than RV parks. They're a little more well-liked by lenders. However, they're starting to disappear. I don't know if you've noticed, but you don't see many mobile home parks anymore. Uh, I mean, they're out there. there are a lot of them out there. They're just not as visible. Uh, cities have gotten to where they don't allow mobile home parks inside the city limits. And if they do, it's very limited on where they're going to go. It's very difficult to get approval from a city for a mobile home park. And part of the reason is a lot of mobile home park owners uh, kind of let their properties run down and, uh, they don't always uh, they don't always keep them up the way they should. Usually, that can cause an increase in in crime and their rents go down. So when these mobile home parks start to get run down, you know the residents in the city don't like it, so they don't like to have new ones come in. So that's why you don't see too many new mobile home parks coming into uh, most cities. Now the third type of property, and this is one of my favorites because there's so much you can do with it. The third type is land. Land is fairly easy to get an owner financing deal on. A lot of times you'll find somebody that has maybe 100 or 200 acres and they're selling off 5 or 10 acres at a time. And a certain portion of those, they will be willing to owner finance. It gives them some income, monthly income, in addition to the cash they're getting for the other lots. 
And uh, uh, a lot of times landowners are willing to do that. It builds up their income. It builds up their assets. They keep, they have, get a really good return on their money and it defers some of their taxes. So I bought one of these deals once, a land deal. Uh, I bought the land for development purposes. The seller was uh, a very, uh, uh, he was a really nice guy. He was willing to work with me, and he seller financed that property. I paid him a cash down payment, and uh, he financed the rest. When I got ready to build my uh, industrial building on that property, uh, we got our our lending done at a bank, a local bank that I deal with. And I was able to get the money to pay him off in the land. So we rolled that all into one loan and I paid him off. He was happy and, and I was very happy. And we made money on that deal. So land deals are good. Now, what, what all can you do with the land? Well, you can do what I did. You can develop it. You can build on it. You can also just resell the land. I, I have bought land before and just held it for a while in uh um, not necessarily by choice, but, uh, held it for a while. Uh, uh, it's kind of a long story there, but we were doing a retail development and right about the time COVID hit and, uh, suddenly there weren't any retail tenants, uh, willing to go into a new business. So we put that off until, you know, COVID was, uh, almost over and, uh, got a good offer from a developer that wanted to buy it from us. And we decided we would take it. And uh, we made quite a nice profit on it. And so you can do that with land. It didn't cost us much to hold it. Didn't cost us. Uh, uh, didn't cost us a whole lot to buy it. But we got a really good amount selling it. Now the other thing you can do is a ground lease. So a ground lease is where you buy a property, you buy the land, and somebody else wants to use it. They rent it from you. They lease it from you. And it may be for uh, just storing equipment. It could be for a lot of different uses. But the best way to do a ground lease is if you have a high traffic uh, property in a busy area and uh, somebody wants to come along and put in a restaurant or a convenience store, you can do a ground lease for those people. They will actually lease your property, lease your ground, and put their own building on it at their expense. And I've seen, you know, million dollar, $2 million buildings, even higher go in on a ground lease on leased property. You know, you have very little, you don't have any cost on it after that. They're paying the property taxes, they're paying the insurance and they're maintaining the property and uh, you collect the money on it. You get a really high return off of that. What happens if they go out of business and they default on their ground lease. They can't usually pick up their building and take it with them, can they? So ground leases can be an outstanding deal. The only thing about ground leases, you don't quite get all the tax benefits off the land that you would if you had a building on it that you own because you don't really depreciate land. And uh, if you put a building on it and own the building, you can depreciate the building and get some really good tax benefits off of that. But you know what? For the amount of trouble that you save, uh, for the amount of uh, uh, benefits, the upside to doing a grand lease, I wouldn't care too much about that. I think it's still a good deal. So owner financing deals, seller financing deals, they are out there. You can find them if you know where to look. Look for those property types, self-storage, RV parks and mobile home parks, and land. 
And if you want to buy one of those types of properties, you can get owner financing on it. Uh, they're not all going to want to do it, but some of them will. All you have to do is ask. And all they can do is say no. Uh, it's, it's a common thing to do on those property types. So right now with the number of people retiring and the difficulty in getting traditional loans and the high interest rates, it's a pretty good bet. You're going to be able to find some uh, owner financing deals out there. One word of caution for that. Don't get over leveraged on the property. You should probably never have 100% of your purchase price financed unless you've got some deal worked out to where part of that money is going to be paid off in a shorter term. And, uh, you know, you can negotiate anything with a deal. You can, you can come up with any kind of creative thing you can think of, and if both parties agree to it, you can do it. But just don't know that if you get over leveraged on a property – and you have too much debt on the property, uh, and and you end up with some uh, losses from tenants. Tenants uh, move out unexpectedly, and it's it might be months before you can replace those tenants. It could be very easy for you to fall below your break even point. So you got to know your break even point when you buy a property. You got to know how much your expenses are going to be, how much your loan payments are going to be. And you don't want those loan payments to get up so high and your income on the property to get too low to where you can't pay the loan payment. Uh, and that's the danger of 100% financing. That's why I'm not a big fan of this kind of thing. However, if it's done right, it can be a great way to buy a property. Just be careful. Uh, do your math. Do your homework. Do your due diligence and don't get carried away with the owner financing deal. Have some money to put into the deal. You need money. You need cash. So that's about it for this episode. I hope you got some value out of that. Go over and check out the YouTube channel, uh, Real Estate Revenue YouTube channel. We have a video version of this. Uh, it's actually recorded separately this time. But it's the same information. If you'd rather see it in video, go over and check that out and subscribe and hit the like button on that and share the podcast. Uh, help us uh, help us get the word out there on real estate and uh, uh, help us help more people uh, get to retire. And keep in mind, one property can change your life. And I'll see you next time on Real Estate Revenue. <laughs>